welcome to Big Blend Radio's Food, Wine, and Travel Show, where we go across country and travel the world with members of the International Food, Wine, Travel Writers Association. Let's go. Welcome, everyone. Uh, Rose Palmer is back on the show today. Rose is an award-winning travel writer and photographer. Uh, We love her photos. She just came back from Iceland on a cruise with Iceland Pro Cruises, which is an, you know, all Icelandic company, which I think is great. If you're going to travel somewhere, go with the locals. And she did. um, She's been all over on our shows. Every year she comes on with uh, IFTWA, International Food Wine Travel Writers Association. And uh, today she's going to talk about Iceland. But Nancy and I have been drooling over her photos, enjoyed her story. The links for all of that are in the show notes, uh, so you can read it online. Also be an upcoming uh, Big Blend magazine. Uh, but also go to her website, quilttripping.com. Did I do that right, Quill? Er, yes, quilttripping. So, yes, quilttripping. One T. One, One T. Two P's, quiltstripping.com, because life is a patchwork of experiences. See, uh, you know, and welcome back, by the way. I, Thank I just, you we, for We love me. having you on the shows. We love your stories and photography and those puffins. I know we're going to talk about the cruise, but I just, can we bring up the puffins? Uh, we haven't seen them for years. The last time was in, I mean, over 20-something years when we were in the Channel Islands um, in on the, you know, England-France side, uh, not California, and I just flipped out, man, that they are just the coolest, coolest birds. Was that your first time or have you seen them before? No, this was my first time. And I was I was um, really looking forward to it when my husband and I had been to Iceland before, but we were there in September. So they had long gone by then. So with this cruise, um, I was really, really looking forward to seeing the puffins because it was in August. And um, it was the highlight of, well, one of the highlights of the cruise for me. And um, the reason it was one of the biggest highlights is because um, Iceland Pro Cruises took us to a tiny little island that only they have access to. It's it's an island, basically a private type of island that's used for for vac- by, for vacation homes by the by the local Icelanders. And they are the only ones that have an in with the people that live there and are allowed to bring their guests on shore. And the island um, is just covered, the cliffs, with the puffin nest. And because Mm. it's not an overcrowded, touristy spot, they're um, content to hang out while we stand there and watch them. So I was able to get fairly close. Um, I mean, even, you know, even... Though I was close, I still had to use my my big telephoto lens to get as close as I did to the photos that you're showing. But just watching them, they were just—they're just so adorable. It, you just—you can't help it. You just—I just wanted to stay and watch them all day. But those and, are some iconic shots you got. I mean, the one oh, just yes. with the fish hanging out of its mouth. And I'm like, yeah. dude, you know, those are the <laughs> the photos that we always look at. Going exactly, I want to go just for that. You know, exactly. And, and I want to talk to them. You know, I do. Yeah, I just, yeah. I, I, I'm weird that way. They remind me of like, and maybe they are related, like toucans crossed with a hornbill, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't know. They do look a little bit like that. And I, I you know, I saw um, a bunch of puffins with fish in their mouth and it was never just one. It was always a handful. It's like, okay, I am going to be prepared for, yeah. you know, in case I get really, really hungry and I'm going to bring up five fish and, and hold them in my mouth. 
And he was just holding them and looking at me and kind of giving me this look like, no, I'm not sharing. You can't have these. Yeah. Yeah, you're on a cruise ship and I know you're having really good food. So, you know, you have yours and I'll have mine, you know, little piggies. But, but that's, I think that's what's so neat, you know, going with these kind of cruises. And this was a small cruise. Um, it was, but it it was was a cruise where it, like the ship was more of a, an, like an expedition ship. So it's not like, exactly. Yeah, it's an expedi- it was an expedition ship. It's called the MSC Venture, and it was built for pol- polar exploration. So in the wintertime, it's down right now. It's down in Antarctica, as a matter of fact, with a different uh, company that charters it for the winter months down in Antarctica. But in the summer months, um, it's up there around Iceland and Greenland with Iceland Pro Cruises. This was the first year that they chartered the MSC Venture, Um and it was wonderful. It was so it was uh, only a hundred passengers. It's it's designed with eighty two cabins, so about one hundred and sixty passengers max. Um, all the cabins are the same size. They're quite roomy. They all have either a window or a porthole, and a few of them with balconies. And then they also have two suites, which are a little bit larger and are actually perfect for families. Um, we actually had a family on board with two young girls who were staying in the suite. Um, so it's, it's a totally different experience. It was my first time on this type of a ship, a smaller ship. And yet, um, the, the public spaces were, I didn't feel like they were small. I was very surprised at how many public spaces there were, how big they were. The, the hanging out lounge, the sea breeze lounge was, you know, there was enough room there for, for all the passengers. It's where we would hang out um, in the evenings after dinner or maybe before dinner after we got back from an excursion. That's where the bar was. Um, the bartenders obviously were always, you know, there and happy to provide drinks and, you know, whatever you wanted, whether it was alcoholic or non-alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And then um, on the top of the ship, on the seventh deck forward at the very front was um, kind of the big lecture type um public space i uh, don't you know i don't want to call it a hall it was really another hangout spot but that's where we would have our 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 daily talks informational talks and then there you know you could hang mm-hmm. out there and just watch the scenery from inside if you didn't want to be outside cuz iceland even in august was in the 60s you oh. know during the day so um mm. You know, and you're on a ship, and if the ship is moving, and it's going to be windy, so it could be a little bit chilly out. If you didn't want to sit outside, yeah. you could sit in there and see the scenery. Um, and then the other big surprise for me was the dining room. I mean, you know, I was kind of expecting, you know, I, when I think of expedition ships, I think of kind of explorers, kind of just basic necessities. Um, but this was not basic. This was quite comfortable and and I would even say like um, luxurious. The dining room was was big. It was beautiful. It was set with linens and fine china and nice glasses. Wow. And then the food was fantastic. So this, the, I mean, it, it's not like a teeny, teeny ship, right? No. But it, it just looks spacious, but not oversized. And, um, right. you know, and, and I was looking at your photos. You ate fermented shark. <laughs> That's so it's not like Ludafisk, is it? <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know. I haven't 
Um, so it's fermented chark is Iceland's traditional food. Um, it, it's it's a it's a delicacy for them. They apparently love it. Um, and the reason they ferment the shark, uh, I actually wrote a, a story for it on the uh, uh, Iftwa magazine website. But the reason they have to ferment the shark is it, it, it's a Greenland shark. And in order for the shark to survive in the cold depths um, of the Arctic waters, it kind of makes a, a type of chemical in its body that is it would degrade into ammonia. Um, so it's it's not something that you can you can't eat the shark just as is. It wouldn't it would make you very ill. Somewhere back in in the ancient history of of Icelandic culture, they figured out that if they took the shark meat and just kind of let it sit in its own juices for three or four months and let it kind of ferment, um, those um, chemicals that act like um, um, you know, to protect the shark in the cold waters, they break down and they break down into ammonia, which then gets released. And and then that makes the shark somewhat edible. And then they take this, this meat and then they hang it up to dry for about another six months. Um, and then that makes it really safe to eat and makes it this very white flaky meat, which after you bite into it and chew it for a couple of bites, still has a little bit of an ammonia flavor. And then you, you wash it down with the, the local uh, Icelandic brew that they okay, just I'm did. In. I'm in on the <laughs> Icelandic beer. You got me on beer. The shark. No, not, no, not beer. This, we're, we're talking hard liquor. Oh. Um, so, you know, it, it's, um, it, it's kind of like their, their version of, of, of vodka. Um, but it, it's yeah we're talking strong fermented alcohol, so you wash it down with that, and then some some uh, you know some local dark bread. Okay, and, well I, mean, I like I, okay so you've got fermented <laughs> shark, fermented you know you know whatever they're doing for the vodka. Um, so there's fermenting going on basically, which is you yeah. know and the bread that bread isn't that bread kind of famous also for like I know they have like where they bake it in the geothermal thingies or something. Like out in the in the hot springs or something mm-hmm. in Iceland somewhere. Um, I, I, not I, every. I, loaf, I did not obviously. experience that, but yes, yeah, I've, I've um I've seen some photos of that, but I did not get to experience that this time. Mm. But um, yeah, the food was fantastic. So um, Iceland Pro Cruises brings a an Icelandic chef on board uh, along with all the um you know the other staff that's um on the ship in the kitchen, and so um he. You know, he makes sure that we get a chance to experience local dishes. And, and, you know, every night there was a freshly caught different type of, of local fish on the menu. Oh, for wow. And, you know, he would, they would have it, you know, the fish kind of sitting out there, um, pulled so that you can see what it looks like. And then they would also, um, show you, you know, well, what the actual dish would look mm. like. So when he first walked into the dining room, there was a table set with, samples of all the different items on the menu um that's so cool can, man yeah i love that yeah. because that's what i've seen from these kind of cruises that they're so informative and that you have like a you know programs so you know what you're looking at you really it, it enhances the experience to get an understanding and and i love that it's local and the people on the ship 
you know, the company itself is local. So they know they're, it is. you know, they, they know themselves, you know, exactly. Um, but, exactly. Okay, that so was this, was this 10 days going around the island, right? It 10 was, days. Yeah, right, right. So from day one, when we left Reykjavik until we landed back in Reykjavik, it was a, you know, 10 day from beginning to end. And we went all the way around the island, stopped at different ports um, along the coast. And then we had excursions, you know, that kind of went in to see the different sites um, from each port. Waterfalls being one of them. Lots of water. Well, I mean, Iceland is, um, its middle name is waterfalls. It's, uh, you know, there's probably a waterfall about every 10 feet of various varying sizes. Um, You know, they have waterfalls that here in the States would have its their own, its own little state park around it. And there it's just kind of another little ho-hum waterfall. Um, But lots of waterfalls and and lots of the big name waterfalls um, that, you know, that that are part of their offerings for their excursions. So, yeah, you get a really good, um, I think, you know, I got a really good introduction and sampling of the the, the beautiful scenery in in Iceland on the trip. That's awesome. Uh, You know, seeing the scenery, um, then, you know, obviously having the food. And by the way, that one dessert photo too. And I'm like, dude, they're like every they, attention to detail seems to be. The oh, thing. yes. And I only oh. sent you one photo of the desserts. I could have sent you 10. <laughs> well, you had a happy 10 days. Let's put it that way. But, but it you know, was, food, it was. when you have weather like that too, food is like, oh, give me the food. You know, there's something, it's, you know, because you go out, right? It's going to have that little bit of bristle in it, which is invigorating. I yes. you know that weather is invigorating. You know, Nancy and I are babies about anything cold, <laughs> but we've done it. Listen, I've I've done uh, no, I've um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've done my my share of snow now a lot. And, okay. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, no, but well, there's an invigorating quality to it that you know you can't just ignore it and and sit inside and never go out you have to go out and see the waterfall you've got to get out and see the puffins right but when you come back in man you feel like yeah that was awesome and but you know you just you, you may not want to be out there for the whole time in the cold <laughs> you know? and, and you know I'm a, I'm, I'm a little bit the opposite I, I don't like super cold but I don't really like the heat and humidity in August so I was thrilled to be able to go a little further north and not be hot and sweaty and I mean, to me, fifties and sixties wasn't isn't too bad. Mm. Um, I just this is so up. funny yeah. about your experiences. I mean, last year, well, yeah, last year you were on talking about going, you know, on the Mekong River. I mean, right. you were in Southeast Asia and, and yeah. you know, going to Cambodia and like talk about that, this is like yeah. a night and day experience. <laughs> like you go like polar opposites here. I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, you, do you have like a map on your wall of like, you know, putting thumbtacks in of where you've been or do you just keep, I mean, I know being a photographer and a writer, you have it all, but do you feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm, do you have like a list of where you must go, where you want to go? And does it go according to what you want to write about? A little bit of everything. So I, I, I do have a spreadsheet, you know, so I come from a science background so that, that I can't get rid of that. And so I do have some spreadsheets. I do have a spreadsheet with the list of, you know, all the 195, however many they are, UN countries. And I've, you know, I've got a highlighted the ones that I'm interested in seeing. I don't want to see all of them. There's some places that I, I honestly don't necessarily want to go to. 
Um, but I'm really all, I know to me, it's a, it's about the experiences. It isn't necessarily the, just the location. It's about having unique experiences. And, and part of that is experiencing the culture, experiencing the scenery and photography. For me, photography is a huge part of my travels. I, I can't travel and not take pictures. It just, you know, if, if you tied my hands behind my back, when I, if I'm somewhere that's beautiful scenery, I would be miserable if I couldn't take a photo of it and try and capture the that beauty and the sense that I feel for it in somehow through my photos. Um, and you know, that's why I've become a travel writer and, and blogger is so that I can share all of that information. And mm. the world's a huge place and it's so, it's, it's a, it's a wonderful place. Um, there are so many unique things to see and do and, and people are, are, um, in, in many ways, they're not that different. Uh, you know, the culture might be different, but as as a person around the world, we're not different. And and I I'd like finding that out. That, I love that. I love that you're getting that because you get the history too. You tend to yes, get into a little yes, bit of history as yes. well. You know, um, yeah. Uh, I I just I think it's cool that you're going <laughs> to these epic places and their bucket list adventures and that you go on these different kind of cruises. I mean, this again is two different things, but you're, you know, going around the Island and we were talking about this before we started recording about how cool it is to just kind of not have to be in the driver's seat, you know, and have those those adventures where like, you know, Nancy and I do our crazy weird road trips that no one has to understand, but that's who we are. But you're going, but then I'm going, I don't know. I'm, I think I'll have to come to your side at some point because <laughs> just to not have to, you have to diffuse. You have right. to let go. And to me, this is a way of doing it. Um, just letting go, you know? And, and I, you know, I, I, I love all forms of travel and I do the road trips as well. So, you know, my husband and I just came back from six weeks and driving around New Zealand where we, we did it all on our own. But oh, then that's the- cool. On the flip side with, you know, with, with like this cruise with Iceland Pro Cruises, like you said, they do, they do the travel, they do all the work. Um, they have a choice of excursions at each port and I just picked the one that I wanted to do. And I only had to unpack once. And then when I got back on the ship, um, you know, the, the food was there, the bed was made. Um, I didn't have to, to worry about it. So I like, you know, I like doing both. There doesn't have to be, um, one or the other, you know, I, it, it can be both types of experiences. And what I really mm-hmm. liked about um, about this particular cruise and, and experience is, as you mentioned, Iceland Pro Cruises is is Icelandic owned. So the, the, the two owners, one is from Iceland, one is from, I believe, if I remember right, Liechtenstein or, um, I mean, yeah. Um, and, the, the whole and then their parent company is Icelandic, and all their their guides are are Icelandic. So they are very much invested in the local culture mm. and the local economy. And you know, when they're telling you a story, it's from their own experience. It's from their own, you know, when they're telling you a story about a legend or a myth, this is something that they grew up with, mm. and and that that's part of who they are. So you're getting a really, you know, I felt like I was getting a very authentic perspective of the culture and 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 the people of Iceland as well, which sometimes 
what I find is when I'm traveling on my own and just driving around is a little bit harder to do unless you're actually, you know, you book a tour. Right. Um, and tours you know, here I was getting it, you know, every day um, besides the formal lectures where they would talk about the flora or the fauna or the history mm. or the language which you know, Icelandic language is very unique. Um, we would get, you know, just on the Zodiac as we'd be, you know, as we would be going from the boat to, to the port uh, to get off, you know, they would talk about the birds that we were seeing or the geology or somebody would ask a question so about cool. something. And, you know, so it was just um, always um, a very authentic Icelandic perspective, which uh, was definitely, I think, one of the, the biggest attractions for me for, of, for this cruise. Well, I think it's really neat that you're, you know, being able to get off the the boat every time, right? Every day, right? Right. You oh, had yeah. a different Couple excursion. Yep. Yep. Yeah, these so, excursions and you get out on a Zodiac, which to me would be like, uh-oh. <laughs> but it looked like you you send photos of that too so people can see. It yeah. actually looks like it really it's not bad, but there was one no. one no. and fun, right? To be able to get on the Zodiacs and yeah. get yeah. to your destination instead of them, which is I think also another step of being a little bit more on the sustainable thing too, of right. making it easier for, it, it's just a good way of making it work for the place, for the boat, for the people. Yep. But there was one that you had a walkway and then it looked like a hot spring. Like what was going on there? There's, um, it was, uh, and you saw whales. We need to talk about that. The thermal right. baths. Tell me about oh, the thermal well, baths. So Iceland is, um, I mean, I, I I think I want to go to Iceland and spend the month there, just oh. to try out the different hot spring baths that they have. I mean, that is just another big part of their culture. Um, is you know because they have all this volcanic activity and all of these hot thermal thermal features um, in the country, they've tapped into that, and every community has its own little local swimming pool, if you want to call it hot tub mm-hmm. combination with these baths of, of different, you know, different temperatures. And, you know, they just, the family will go there for a couple of hours and hang out with the little kids or, or whatever. I was able, I did that when I was in, in Husavik, I went into the local community um, uh, hot pool. So everybody knows about the Blue Lagoon uh, outside of Reykjavik, which is beautiful. If you go to Iceland, you have to do that once but it's for tourists and everybody will tell mm-hmm. you it's for tourists, but it's, it, you know, it's gorgeous, but to get the true Icelandic hot spring activity or, you know, swimming uh, uh, experience, um, you need to just go into one of the community pools and just hang out. And so the picture I sent you was one of the ones that we went to as part of an excursion. And they, what, what they did is they actually built these pools into the edge of a lake. So wow. you could, you know, you, you sit in the hot pool and then if you get a little too hot or if you want to, you kind of do a polar plunge in into the lake, which is significantly colder. <laughs> I did not do that. I, I, I stuck my toe in and that was about as much as I wanted to do. Um, the hot water was much better. But people what? were doing it, you know, and then they go back into the hot water. And, um, you know, we were, there was our group of tourists, tourists there. But the... Uh, the majority of the people hanging out were the locals. 
and oh, there, wow. it was like you know it was a brand new um, brand new facility beautiful um you know high tech they give you this little wristband with 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 a little digital thing in it which you use to get in and then to open up your locker and then also at the end to get out and then to charge any drinks that you want i mean just um yeah amazing yeah. Wow. And the, you also went to like, there's the islands, but then there's like, um, other little places like Grimsey, which you, there was the Arctic Circle. Right. There. So, um, it's, it's, um, Iceland itself is not on the Arctic Circle. It's close. And, uh, the island of Grimsey, which is one of the n- number of islands that are part of, of Iceland is on the Arctic Circle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the boat, because our you know, our ship, I should call it a ship, it's not a boat, um, because it's small enough, we, we you know we were able to get close to it, and then we took the zodiacs um, into the harbor and to get out and walked around the island. It's not a very big island; I think all of like sixty people live there. Um, but there's a marker where the Arctic Circle sits, and you know they have a they have essentially uh, the picture. They have a, a of benches that have the marker with the with the North Pole uh, long, longitude and latitude, and then there's also like a big, um, huge pole with different signs on it saying pointing towards different parts of the world. But yeah, it's um, so that was another one of the unique experiences that we did mm. with um, with Iceland yeah. Pro Cruises. And then um, the negative was that they were the next day as we were cruising around to get from the north side, which is where Grimsey is towards heading east, towards the eastern side of the island, um, we the captain took the ship specifically past the Arctic Circle again. Um, and so we got to, you know, to see the sun setting as we're crossing the Arctic Circle. And we had an Arctic Circle party up on deck with, uh, with special, uh, you know, with all sorts of Icelandic foods and, more fermented shark and you know more local more of the local drink um, more fermentation basically <laughs> and desserts uh and lots of lots of good food and lots of good desserts as we um as we cruised past the, the arctic circle right right did did you hear any like music from like local style music while you were there at all I mean, maybe we have to go in the city so, a little bit more so here's one of the other really unique um aspects um, one of the guides is actually a trained opera singer. No way. Uh, and in her in her previous career, um, she performed opera, uh, and and uh, in Iceland and and in Europe, um, and has records and all of that. And um, that career just got a little bit too intense for her, so she is now a a guide has been doing it for quite a number of years with Iceland pro cruises. And so one evening uh, as part of the entertainment after dinner in, in the main uh, lounge, they have a, they have a baby grand piano. Um, she sang some of the, the uh, traditional folk songs for us in Iceland. Yeah, that was, that was a really, really neat experience. Um, again, another example of, um, you know what? You know some of the unique things you get when you when you get local guides. And the mm. other thing I want to mention, which I don't I don't think I put into my story, but um, Iceland Pro Cruises also markets to the German market, and so um, we had quite a few 
German speaking. About half the guests on board were German speaking, and then the other half were English speaking. And each, every single guide was spoke German fluently, spoke English fluently, and obviously Icelandic. And they wow. were switching between the three languages. So I, I, I grew up speaking German, and I still understand it. So when they were doing their commentary in German, I could understand it. And then they would do it in English. And it wasn't, they weren't like just, you know, translating from English into German or German into English. They, yeah. were, doing, they were doing, you know, real idiomatic, correct language, wow. you know, um, narration um, in in all three languages. It was, it was just fascinating. To, Man, so to when we, when you them. say the word pro, they really, this is top notch, top notch. Oh, that's yeah. hospitality yeah. to the to the key. I mean, it is. that it is. that is incredible. And then, I, before you go on this, I want to I want to ask you about the whales. Um, yes, that whale sighting was that on the actual, you know, so that, no, that the, was or on a zodiac. That was on that was so that was a, one of the excursions in in Husavik, which is um, on the northern coast of Iceland and is known for being the best place to see whales in in Iceland. Um, and it was on a kind of like a zodiac, but it wasn't the ship zodiac. It was a, it was on a what they call a rib, a rigid inflatable boat, and it was it was an excursion. And they um, they outfit you in these big warm uh, jumpers, jump, you know, jumpsuits type things, and um, you go out there and they go searching for the whales. And because it's a small boat and it's more, you know, has more flexibility and moving around, we were able to get very close to the whales. I mean, obviously they have to maintain a certain distance. Um, but, you know, if, the, if, you know, we were standing in place and if the boat, if the whale chooses to come closer to you, that's okay. But, you know, we were able to have the flexibility to follow the whales a lot more easily than um, the kind of the more the bigger traditional boats do. And I have to say, this was one of the best whale watching experiences I've ever had. And I've, I've done a few of them because I'm still searching for that, that perfect whale breaching photo, which mm -hmm. I don't have. I have a lot of pictures of whales tails yeah. and, you know, whales tails are beautiful and it's, it's great to see them, but I mean, I'm still trying to get that breaching whale um, but this time I, we were able to see them, you know, the humpbacks came up and were, were feeding and, and their whole head came up. And, um, so we were also, you know, I've got some photos of, of their huge heads and their mouths, which, um, I wasn't able to get before. That's yeah, that amazing. A, yeah. Yeah. That was a That's really, amazing. really cool experience. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's magnificent, right? And it you is. Know, oh my gosh. Yeah. Talk about feeling small when you're when you've got a whale's tail coming up about fifteen feet away from your little uh rigid inflatable boat. Um yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I think so. You know, it just yeah, you, I always think about when kayakers are out with the whales. You know, you see those right. waves of a kayaker right. like oh, yeah. a whale's yeah. under them and I'm like, dude. Um <laughs> but then but then like I'm weird I'm like that with alligators and stuff too. So it's kinda like I don't know. We play around in swamps and stuff, and it's like, okay, that's cool, you know. It's like, oh, look, there's a cottonmouth, and he's going to strike me if I don't back off and use a telephoto lens at this point, you know. So, and then it's like, dude, that was so cool. It was epic, you know, because it is. Um, it, I think we we get fearful of um the outdoors, and 
you should have a healthy dose of fear and not be one of those, you know, the typical tourist who goes with, you know, I'm going to get an Instagram with the bison, you know, oh, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. You, you know what I mean? Right. right. Um, right. Yeah. We, we need to not be, you know, like that. And so no. that's, that's the other thing I think about these kinds of um, cruises where, you know, you're getting this education. So maybe you'll, you get insight to, Oh, I'm not going to be like that. You know what I mean? Right. It's kind yes. of, and I think there's something that they're doing to, obviously it's an, you know, Iceland's not, you know, you, you've got to protect it. Like when you were talking about, you were all over uh, New Zealand. I know New Zealand's working very hard to be sustainable, right? So mm -hmm. uh, in your travels, are you seeing that these, you know, kind of changes of like, okay, let's dial it back, but create a bigger, like a, a more, you can have a more intimate experience, but not like with busloads of people. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and Iceland is as ideal for that because, you know, their their country's population is something like just barely around 300,000, maybe just a little bit more than that. So um, when you, you know, when you do, even when you go there, you don't see big cities. You don't, you know, you'll see little towns and villages. Um and even Reykjavik, uh, for a big city, I don't remember really seeing huge skyscrapers. Um, it feels very, very organic. Um, as I was, you know, both on, both on this cruise and then when I was driving around it with my husband when we, when we toured it, it's, it's just, it seems like it's, it's nothing but beautiful scenery. With an occasional, you know, town or village here and there, or you know, a couple of guest houses where you can stay at and eat at, and then the rest of it, you're just driving and you're looking at beautiful, pristine, unspoiled scenery. And that is, you're right. That is seems like it's so hard to find. Um, yeah. And I think that's what makes Iceland such a popular destination because it is unspoiled, and because I think they, you know, they do work very hard to maintain that. Um, they are fortunate in that they have um, all this geothermal energy. And so they're, they can use that to heat their homes, not just their hot pools, but also their homes, greenhouses. So um, one of the you know really cool things I did when, when I was uh, touring on my own is we went to eat in a restaurant that was inside a greenhouse where they were growing tomatoes all year. Oh, cool. Um, wow. You know, so they, you know, it's, they definitely, I think you're right. They definitely have a, a philosophy of sustainability because mm. they have the resources, I think. Yeah. To make yeah. it easier, you know, when, when it's, when it's a country that's not overpopulated, um, when they, you know, when you have, when you can easily heat your home and, you know, provide the food either through growing it or through fishing for it. Mm -hmm. um or you know through sheep um having you know meat in that or even some cattle mm -hmm. um I, you know i think it's much easier to be to have kind of a, a perspective of being sustainable and, and I, have, I have a friend who's a world priority. traveler and i think he's done over 140 150 countries probably he's way up there in countries and um he said he had the best hamburger in the world in Iceland, the best. I believe it. Yeah, the food, but was the most expensive. 
that he's had too. Yeah, no, it's it's everywhere. Um, I I, I went in Iceland, um, both on this cruise and and on my own. Um, I did not have a bad meal. It was all so delicious, and I think because of the emphasis on fresh food, mm. nothing processed, local, um, and freshly prepared. You know, yeah, so, and, their, and their topsoil hasn't been ruined, right? So it's like how France, you know, we talk about south of France, the food there being so fresh and so mm-hmm. their soil so good. Um, you've got to think like Iceland though. I, every time I see photos of Iceland and look at Iceland, I just feel like it's true fresh air. I don't know how to explain yeah. it, yeah. but it just, yeah. it just looks like fresh air to me, which I think feeds your body having fresh, clean, fresh air is a massive thing. You know, it is right. so important for our exactly. bodies. Yeah. So I bet you it transfers into the food, you know, oh, what I'm you're sure, eating. Yeah. I think, yeah, I'm sure it does. Um, it's yeah it's it's not the country's it's it's unspoiled um the waters around it are unspoiled they uh, so one of the the excursions that we we did was to a herring museum and that was really fascinating because it talked about the history um especially of the the women and uh, the role that the women played in the herring industry back in the early part of the 20th century um but also it really talked about how the, they overfished. You know, it was, they relied so much on the money coming in from herring fishing that uh, it ended up that they overfished the waters around Iceland. Um, and then it crashed. And, you know, so now they've learned how to fish without um, overfishing. And they've they've just controls in place between Iceland and other countries that that do this kind of fishing. Um, mm. But you know they 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 have such a wealth of of um, seafood around their island. It's not just herring, but um, and they take advantage of it. But at the same time, they've learned the lessons from their history on how to do it, like you said, sustainably. And mm. then they use these fresh resources in in you know, and put, put it on the table. Yeah. I love this. I love this. Uh, everyone pro I, Iceland pro cruises.com is a website for this company. Um, and again, the link for the article and photos uh, Rose has written is in the show notes too. But I, I wanted to ask you, Rose, um, is the international food wine travel Writers association, yes. hey, they had a cruise last year for their conference. They which I did. think it was pretty cool. They did. It was, um, it was great. This year it's going to be upstate New York. I mean, we're talking good wine and good food too. We're talking, oh, yes. this, that's going to be magic. Have you been to any of their conferences yet? So that was my first one. The one on the Discovery Princess oh, um, cool. was my first conference with IFTWA. Um, and it, it was a great venue. I mean, I, I love Princess Cruises. That was my sixth or seventh in the last year and a half with Princess. So, wow. and it was, it was their newest, um, their newest ship to, to date. They've got a new one coming out, Sun Princess here. Uh, I think that's inaugural cruise is going to be at the end of February in the Mediterranean. But yeah, it was, a, it was a great venue, nice conference. And then, um, the Finger Lakes region. I mean, I've been there. It's not far from where I, I, I live. And, um, you can't go wrong with visiting the Finger Lakes for some great, um, nice Riesling yeah. wines from the U.S. 
can't be. Yeah. I, I think, I think they're doing great on these cruises and, you know, keeping up with their programs for writers and destinations to connect even online in the webinars, the networking, um, as just onward and upward, you know, so it's fantastic with the organization. I think it's so cool. And we get to hear about your adventures. And one thing I love to do is follow IFTWA, uh, we say IFTWA for the International Food Wine Travel Writers Association. Uh, you can go to ifwtwa.org, but also use that as a hashtag on social media because you will see stories from writers all over. I mean, it's, it's like a nice little vacation just to take time out. I do it in between meetings and then I'm like, Oh, I have to go to a meeting. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm busy going around the world. So it's a really good way to plan trips, you know, and places that we may not have heard of and organizations and companies. And, you know, I, I love that you're doing small cruises. I think it's so good and um, healthy and, um, I, I just, you know, I, I appreciate the story so much and that you got to play with puffins. Oh, oh I yes. love that puffin photo. They are, just they are adorable. Mm. Yes, it was, it was one it. of the highlights. Yeah, I, I just feel like they need to talk to us like a cartoon bird. You know, <laughs> they do. But uh, anyway, everyone, uh, quilttripping.com is a website for Rose Palmer. You keep up with her there. Again, all links are in the show notes, and we appreciate everyone joining us. Thank you so much, Rose, and happy travels in 2024. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time. Absolutely. Appreciate you talking to me. Thank you for listening to Big Blend Radio's Food, Wine, and Travel Show, featuring members of the International Food, Wine, Travel Writers Association. We encourage you to visit their website. We say IFTWA, which is I-F-W-T-W-A dot org. You can also follow us at BigBlendRadio.com. Happy travels, everyone.